It's Halloween this weekend, and we'll tell you about some scarily fun things to see and do, including the Here Be Monsters, the Here Be Monsters Festival, excuse me, Parade of Lost Souls, Deaths, and the House of Fairy Bad Things. So stay with us. Hello, and welcome to the Arts Report for October the 26th, 2011. My name... Oh. Yes, this is our Halloween show. And we're feeling a little hungry for brains here in the studio. Anyway, it's October the 26th uh, on the Arts Report here, your weekly fix of arts and culture news and interviews. And we are on CITR 101.9 FM, and we're streaming online at CITR.ca. And my name is, uh, what is my name today? Oh, yeah. My name is Adam Brain Eater, Janusz. Mmm, brain. <laughs> and laughing in the studio with me here is Anna the Undead. Hi, Anna. Hi. Hi. Are you hungry for brain? Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's the spirit. All right, so uh, it is Halloween coming up this weekend, and we've got um, many things to tell you about that you can take part in to get in the mood. I mean, yes, you can go to Granville Street in uh, in your slutty costume, because um, that's what everyone does, right, Anna? Yeah, yeah. That's, that's what Halloween is all about, right? Uh, what's your slutty costume going to be? I am going to be a horse... A whore horse. A whore, get it? A hoary. A horse. <laughs> That's good. It's a pun. Uh huh. It's better it's, than just a slutty nurse. Yeah, it, yeah slutty. exactly. It's clever. And it's, it's you know, dressing up as an animal is fun. Is that something you do every year, dress up as an animal? Yeah, actually, thanks for asking. I do this every year. Well, not every year. I've done it for the last five years. I've dressed up as, it started as a chicken, and then I was a lamb, and then I was a um, goat, uh-huh. and then I was a pig. And a this, slutty pig? A slutty pig. A slutty pig. A dirty, dirty pig. <laughs> <laughs> and now a horse. And what will you be next year? I mean, you're yeah. going to run out like, of farm animals. I, I, I would like to have the whole collection of farm animals, actually. That would be nice. So, yeah, I'm, I'm just... Maybe a llama. Oh, yeah. yeah. Those are really disgusting, though. Like they're, they're yeah, unlike the other know. animals that you were, those were all very uh, clean and elegant animals, like the pig and the I cat. mean, the teeth, like the, the distinguishing feature of the llama are those, like, really out there teeth. Mm. Okay. So they're maybe just, some people will look, find They're a little teeth. dentistry-deprived llamas, but there's no reason to judge them. True. Anyway, so you can do that. You can get into your slutty costume and go out on Granville Street and get drunk and then regret it the next day. Or you can check out some wonderful artistic events that are um, scarily uh, fun and related to Halloween. For example, there's a parade of lost souls that's going on now uh, on the, in the Commercial Drive uh, neighborhood, which um, features all kinds of visual and... Um, and performance arts. There's also the House of Fairy Bad Things, and these are the awesome folks 
at the In the House Festival, where they take over houses uh, in the also in the Commercial Drive area and uh, and and put performance art in there. So they've taken over two houses, I believe, to make them into haunted houses in the theme of or using elements from um, fantasy. So um, fairies and um, gnomes and well, I'm not I'm not really orcs. I don't know. I'm not really into fantasy, so I can't really tell you. Um, are you into fantasy? No. Uh, you didn't read I'm Lord of the Rings? I'm into farm animals. <laughs> Apparently. Okay. And we'll also tell you about the Here Be Monsters Festival, which includes Theater Under the Gun, where six uh, theater companies have two days to create from scratch uh, a work of theater, and then they present it to you, and they're having a big party shindig. You can dress up in costume and um, and see some cool uh, improvised, semi-improvised uh, plays. So that's going to be really wonderful. So there's that. Okay. So I guess we'll uh, get on with today's show, and uh, we're going to start with deaths. Okay. You ready for that? Mm-hmm. Yeah? Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. So the historic Roadie House Museum has been taken over, possessed, if you will, by Itsuzu Productions to bring you Debts, a site-specific theatrical experience. In Debts, five familiar personalities, the rebel, the slut, the girl next door, the nerd, and the everyman, um, guide us through the depths of a twisted and dark family wedding. The story also weaves together the tales of Edgar Allan Poe. Now, to tell us about it, we have Mac Gordon, the writer and director of Debts, and we talked about how the roadie house has become like a character in the show. But first, here's Mac to define Debts. Um, the show was commissioned about two years ago, actually, to be a mix between the tales of Edgar Allan Poe as well as 80s teen slasher flicks. Um, we do the show in a haunted house, or not a haunted house, in the Roadie House, which is a historical museum, and it kind of stands in for our haunted house. So when I was putting the show together, I really wanted to explore the idea of haunted houses like you have at Fright Nights at Playland, mm-hmm. as well as the idea of the genre of ghost stories and horror in theater. There's not a lot of plays around these days that are uh, in that genre of horror. There's more. There's some old British ghost story ones, but there's not a lot of things about the devil and demons and stuff like that. It doesn't really. Uh, there's not a lot of tradition of that in theater. So mm-hmm. I wanted to take a look at both of those things together and see basically what a haunted house would look like if it had more of a plot line running through it. Mm-hmm. Um, another thing that kind of happened with the show is um, I lost my train of thought there. Sorry. Well, let me let me cut in and uh, and ask you um, what uh, what's the opportunity? Like you say that that um, it's not something often covered in in, uh, in theater. And uh, where's the opportunity in doing this kind of thing that uh, that maybe theater companies and and, and playwrights are, are missing out on? Um. I think that the opportunity is in site-specific theater. It's site-specific theater, promenade theater, is sort of this... It's not new, but it's getting more and more popular in Vancouver. Vancouver is becoming more known for it, is where you take a play and you put it in a, a specific site. So rather than going and doing it at the Stanley Theater, or doing it at the review stage, you do it in a historical museum, or you do it in a park or you do it in an old dilapidated uh, apartment building. 
Um, and I think there's a lot of opportunity for genre work in the theater that you don't normally see, uh-huh. like horror plays, like uh, kind of like more things, more re- realistic stories. Yeah. In theater, you often get performances that are, are very big because they need to be, because you need to play to a house of 200, 250 people. Right. We're all and, out. And, sorry, and you also have to have, um, you have to kind of abstractize it, right, for the stage, whereas a site-specific work, you can just say, look, here we are, and you're actually in that place. Exactly, right? You're, you're kind of, uh, you're limited by, by your set in, in the theater, whereas when you're in a historical museum, you don't really have a set. You're actually there, and you're standing two and a half feet from your audience, so you can be as small as you would be in real life in that situation. So yeah. it, it's a pretty cool opportunity. And how about uh, writing for uh, site-specific work? Um, what's the trick there? I imagine you have to really... Um, the, a big component is actually getting into the space and, and trying things out rather than a traditional play. Definitely, yeah. What, what I did for this one was uh, we went and looked at the house and I mapped it out as we went. And I kind of walked around the house and decided what path I wanted the audience to go on before I decided anything else. So I figured out that there was a front stairway and a back stairway. So I knew that we could go up the stairs one way, go around some rooms, and then back to downstairs, back through some more rooms. Because because the, the setting ends up being such a character in your story, mm-hmm. you don't want to show too much of it too soon. You don't want to go into too many of the places more than one time without really like flipping flipping it on its head, right? Yeah. That's that's interesting that you say that uh, that the set is part of is like a, almost like a character in in the show. Definitely, it's kind of like those old uh, noir movies where the city <laughs> itself is as much a character as anything. <laughs> and tell me, how does it work for for people who uh, come along compared to say Fright Nights and also compared to a regular theater show? How does it work for an audience to to navigate this this show? Um, it's interesting because I think there's a bit more responsibility on the audience. What happens is is you go in, in a situation like Fright Nights or, or a traditional haunted house, you could kind of go in and go at your own pace. If you go really slow, then the, the little creepers who are trying to scare you are going to take more advantage of you. But if you go fast, you can skip through a bunch of the scary stuff, right? But in this one, there's more a little bit more structure to it. So you go into a room and you watch a scene. And typically what will happen is when that scene ends, some kind of attention-grabbing thing will happen in the next room, which the hope is it will indicate to the audience that now they're to move to that next uh, situation, which is usually in a different room. Uh, there's also a wrangler there, so it's not, it's not super hard because the wrangler basically walks and you follow them. Hmm. And quickly but tell me... Um, sorry, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, go ahead. I was just going to say, no, tell right. me about the, the theme of, of debts and uh, how, how debts play into uh, the show. Sure, yeah. One of the things I wanted to explore in this kind of genre of horror is the idea that even though horror movies are often sort of picketed against by the church, they often actually really support the ideas of the church in a kind of strange way. So, for instance, in The, in the Exorcist, the Exorcist is a movie that was uh, railed against, right? Hmm. But if you actually watch it, it's about this kind of religious miracle that takes place <laughs> through, through a terrible thing. Um, so I wanted to look at the idea of what would happen if two people were put in the same situation, 
one of them who sort of had a religious faith and the other one who had uh, a reliance on science. Um, that's a good rhyme. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I-, I wanted to see kind of what would happen if I took the opposite stance that than we usually take these days, which, you know, usually the person who has the religious faith is uh, thrown a bunch of curveballs mm-hmm. and, and shown that maybe what they believe needs to be questioned. So I wanted to look at what would happen if someone with um, uh, a dependence on science was basically put into hell, what that would do to their beliefs. Hmm. Um, that makes sense? <laughs> yeah, it sounds really interesting. And uh, what kind of reaction are you getting from audiences? Because it's been running for, for a fair bit now. And uh, so what kind of feedback are you getting? We're getting really good feedback. Um, a lot of, we're, we're pretty much sold out for the entire run now, hmm. which is great. Um, I think uh, people are enjoying it, but the audience really molds the show. So, so when an audience goes in and is quiet and afraid and scared of what's going on, then it becomes a more still, slow show. And when the audience goes in and looks at it more like an Evil Dead kind of uh, um, a, a bigger, sort of more broad show, then right. they end up laughing and the show moves quicker and the show becomes kind of a mirror for the audience. Matt Gordon speaking there about debts from It's a Zoo. I have some bad news for you all. Uh, that show is sold out. Um, it's Aww. yeah going extremely well. And what was that, Anna? Aw. Yeah, thanks. Um, yeah, they're doing very well and have uh, sold out their shows. It is possible that they might have cancellations and you could, you know, show up. There's a word for that. Do you know that word? Where you show up last minute? Um, Rush tickets? Late, late, no, it's late comers, no. Um, Ooh, fail. fail. Have some more brain. <laughs> That's better. <laughs> but um, the good news is that you can see Mac Gordon in a show um, starting on October 28th and running until November the 19th. You can see him in Vimy, which is playing at the Firehall Arts Center. And it's, uh, it's a two-for-one preview. From October the 28th until November the 1st, Vimy is having a two-for-one preview, so you can check that out. Just go to firehallartscenter.ca. But, uh, sorry, backtracking a little. If you want to find out more about debts and about maybe sneaking in um, last minute, go to itsazoo.org. Itsazoo.org. All right, so um, we're going to feast on some more brains and take a break. And when we come back... We will tell you about Here Be Monsters Festival, so stay with us. Become a friend of CITR and get great discounts in the Main Street area at Antisocial Skateboard Shop, Devil May Wear, Flaming Angels Boutique, Lucky's Comics, Neptune Records, Red Cat Records, The Regional Assembly of Text, RX Comics, Temple of the Modern Girl, and The Wallflower Modern Diner. It pays to be a friend of CITR. To learn more, come visit us in room 233 of the sub on UBC campus or check us out online at citr.ca. You are listening to the Halloween edition of the Odds Report. (laughs) You're on CITR 11.9 FM. And streaming online at citr.ca. And we are crazy here. 
but not so crazy that we can't tell you about the Here Be Monsters Festival. Now in its sixth year and featuring six theater companies. <laughs> Good segue, eh? Perfect segue. Uh, the Here Be Monsters Festival will have a smorgasbord of theater, visual arts, and partying in Halloween costumes. Jeff Gladstone, artistic director and creator of Here Be Monsters, came down to our studios and we talked about all the different components of Here Be Monsters, including an art show during the opening, the theater under the gun, um, showcase where theater companies have two days to make plays from scratch and then present them to you, and a special workshop presentation of Ryan's new play, The Wings of Lenny Bro. All of those things are happening at the Here Be Monsters Festival. So um, here is Ryan Gladstone to talk about the origins of the festival. I mean, to even go back, actually, the name Here Be Monsters is out of Keith Johnstone's book, uh-huh. which is about subconscious forces that... Okay. that in, or at least where he was coming from when he wrote, he said, like, it was like, do not get into your subconscious. The subconscious is to be denied and put down. You're supposed to, you know, it's like post-Victorian England, uh, right? okay. And so this is about, you know, where are those monsters that you're, like, keeping down? Like, let them out. Mm. And when you're creating spontaneously, they come out anyway. You can't <laughs> stop it. You can't control it. So right. we're right. just like, oh, not, not only, like, don't hold them back, but, like, celebrate it and let them run free. Nice. <laughs> awesome. So here be monsters. Yeah, so it totally comes out of the improv background, but not necessarily from a comedy standpoint, but from the, the crazy twisted shit that people come up with. Well, know? yeah, exactly. Almost the psychological aspect of, of <laughs> yeah. human nature and allowing yourself to, to go to some dark and creepy places. It's a yeah. good time for that, I guess. Like, check the internet. is proof of that. There's all sorts <laughs> of shit out there. <laughs> what do you mean? I've never seen anything <laughs> toward on the internet. No, me neither. All right, then let's, uh, let's sort of deconstruct uh, the different things that are happening uh, there. Starting right. with the... The um, the big sort of opening bash. Uh, yeah. It says uh, in the press release uh, regards in regards to the art reception that it is uh, Vancouver's more outrageous, perhaps controversial, progressive, and wild visual artists. Mm-hmm. Can you vouch for that? Is that true? Uh, yeah, totally. I've actually been uh, fielding a lot of the submissions this year. And <clears throat> for instance, we have like a zombie play area. She's like, I want to set up like a zombie daycare with like zombie <laughs> babies climbing on each other and like set up a little installation where people can go. And oh, wow. Kind of walk into it almost. Okay, cool. Like, what, else, what else will we see there? Uh, there's a couple of other installations. Uh, one of our favorite artists who's had work at all our festivals, her name's Andrea Tucker. Okay. And she just does these beautiful works with these cute, creepy little faces, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. and, um, and... Yeah, she's just had some brilliant stuff in the past. She's very dark, twisted, but yet beautiful. Like look at to things. Great. Our um, our resident artist this year is a girl named Margot Wask, mm-hmm. who uh, came from Chilliwack. But she her art is just like super bright and colorful and kind of twisted in in that way. And mm-hmm. that's like highlighter color. You know, it's just like these neon mm-hmm. colors mixed with like crayons and very uh, twisted images. So. That's like the gallery. Mm-hmm. So the opening smorgasbord is a cabaret. Mm-hmm. It's the opening to celebrate the gallery. Right, and it's got sort of a buffet. It's got a little bit of everything that's going to happen throughout We've got the like a bunch of food that's donated from Grandma Market, yeah. like chicken wings and a chocolate fountain. Nice. See, that alone, people will sign up for that. <laughs> I know. Chocolate fountain and art. Like, <laughs> man. <laughs> the best of all worlds. <laughs> oh, and there's a bar. There's a bar, too. Right. Oh, and there's if also you're into that. some kind of, like, uh, performance <laughs> art as well. Oh, yeah. There's <laughs> stuff on the stage, too. Yeah, we have a play about, like, Salvador Dali. That's, like, 15 minutes. That was created at our festival last year. Right. That's called The sur- Surrealists? The Surrealists. Nice. Yeah. Okay. What else? Uh, what else do we have? We have a band on Thursday night, too, called ESL. 
Okay. It's these uh, four women that have, they call themselves a band of gypsies. Okay. And it's like this, yeah, great twisted, like, contemporary. Nice. And does, um, do people get uh, a, a taste of um, yeah. things that are happening on other nights, like the uh, Theater Under the Gun, for example? Uh, yeah, because um, two of the pieces, a part of the smorgasbord, were created for Theater Under the Gun last year. Okay. We can't have any work from this year because it hasn't been created yet. Right. Okay. And that's a good segue <laughs> for that. So how will that work? They have to make um, a piece in yeah. 48 hours, is it? Yeah, they have 48 hours. They come to the theater. Yeah. Okay. So when do they do, when does that happen? Like, They're arriving uh, Wednesday at 2 p.m. Okay. It's a little bit more than 48 hours, I guess, till they're on stage. Okay. But they come at 2 p.m. and they get an inspiration package of mm-hmm. an image, a line of text, and a prop that's been supplied by one of the other teams. Okay. And they take that and try to, like, and create something inspired by them. And do they do that right there at the, at the venue? No. Well, some there's some rehearsal there, but most okay. of them just like they go home and they stay up all night in their apartments just like smoking and writing. And <laughs> smoking is important. <laughs> playing with yeah. masks and stuff. Well, yeah, of course, you know, if you're going to stay up all night. <laughs> Interesting. Okay. And then, yeah. um, and then they just perform it and that's going to happen And then basically all Friday day Friday nights. we're in the theater teching. Each group gets right. an hour to tech their show and figure out what it's going to look like. Okay. And then Friday night, 8 p.m., we do them all. Boom. Yeah. Cool. Six shows. And what do you often see? Like it just, it, it, it might seem at first glance that that would produce very uh, chaotic and very, um, you know, confused stories. But uh, what, what do you see actually Well, we've happening? got like, we have everything from like emerging companies that are starting out to like established companies that have been around for like 20 years. Right. And, and, and a lot of um, veterans who have, yeah. who have done this sort and of thing a bunch of times before. And people like five times right. or so more. Right. So they kind of right? know what they're doing by now. Exactly. Right. So and we we hand select people like we take applications, but it's we select the companies that we think will be a good fit, and, mm-hmm. and either that we've worked with and loved, or that we are interested in working with. But yeah, for instance, like last year, you know, like six pieces in one night. One of them was like a musical about the Little Mountain Mountaineers. Okay. This like children's group that like climb up a mountain and like turn on their teacher and like murder her. <laughs> so a lot of them end up dark. There was another one too about. Um, that was really dark with like a actually I don't even want to get into that one <laughs> okay it ended with a clown coming out and giving a balloon to the audience it was like the creepiest thing you've right. ever seen <laughs> nice okay yeah. and then another thing that's going on over the next couple of days is um, a, a, a showing or a preview yeah. of a play that you're writing that's right and that's called Wings of Lenny Bro that's the that's it exactly alright tell me about that what is this thing you're cooking up well, it started as a one-man show because I'm a guitar player and an actor, and I wanted. And this guy is a real man who was from Winnipeg. Who he has a fascinating life. He's a fascinating character, and um, amazing music, mm. and an unsolved murder. Ah. And so it's just a story that's always fascinated me. So I've been working on it for years. So wait, is it based on true events, as they say? Yeah. I see. Yeah. So this is a musician who yeah. was murdered. Yeah. Uh-huh. And it's unsolved? Uh, yeah. They based, there was like one main suspect, but there wasn't enough evidence to bring it to court. There's like, maybe you should wait. There'll be more evidence. And nothing's happened since. Wow. Jeff Gladstone speaking there about the Here Be Monsters Festival as well as his show, The Wings of Lenny Bro. So let me just reiterate the things that are happening for the Here Be Monsters Festival. First, there's the... Festival opening, art reception, and smorgasbord cabaret. And that's happening on Thursday, October the 27th at 7 p.m. 
Sorry, the art reception is on at 7 p.m. and the cabaret is at 8 p.m. And the band ESL starts at 9 p.m. So that's a great way to get your groove on. Here's the best part. It's pay what you can. Because as we all know, zombies don't have a lot of money. Right, Zombie Anna? <laughs> oh no, she's completely out of control! <laughs> okay, then there's also Theater Under the Gun, which will be on Friday, October the 28th, and... Saturday, October the 29th at 8 p.m. both nights, and that's where the theater companies have to take an inspiration package and in 48 hours create, write, and rehearse a play and then present it to you. Don't worry, though. They're all very experienced uh, performers and know what they're doing. You know, because you might think if they're making something from scratch, it might be poopy. Poopy? Yeah. Poopy is the right word, yes. <laughs> but theirs will oh, not that be. that poopy. It will be top-notch. Don't, don't let that uh, brain get to your brain. <laughs> <laughs> there, there you go. And there's the Wings of Lenny Bro Showcase, and that's on Saturday, October the 29th. And this one's at 4 p.m. This is a matinee on Saturday. And that's where you can see Jeff Gladstone's work in progress, the Wings of Lenny Bro. And guess what? This one's also pay what you can. How nice is that? And then, on Sunday, October the 30th, at 8, it's the 125-Gun Salute, a theater under-the-gun remix. And, yeah, so, as it sounds, it's a remix of the invented, improvised plays that uh, have been done on the Friday and Saturday. And that, as I said, will be on Sunday, October the 30th, at 8 p.m. Alrighty, so, this is all happening... Uh, at Performance Works, uh, which is 1218 Cartwright Street on Granville Island. And the gallery nightly opens up at 7.15, and showtime is 8 p.m. It says, as well, a special public workshop presentation. Oh, yeah, we need that. Yeah. Oh, uh, boy, here. I've had too much brain. Oh, not enough. No, have some more. I need some more brain. Yeah, here you go. Mm, bloody. <laughs> Uh, is there anything else I need to tell you about this <laughs> festival before I feast on the brain? Well, ticket prices. So for the um, the events that are not pay as pay what you can. Oh, I need more brain. <laughs> um, those ones cost twelve dollars in advance or in costume. So if you show up in costume, <gasps> you only pay twelve dollars. Ooh. Yeah, and it's uh, fifteen dollars if you don't have a costume and you show up at the door. Only three dollars, say. You, sure but you should come in costume though. In regardless. Regardless of yeah. how much it costs, right? Because, I mean, it's, come on, it's Halloween. That's true. And then it's $30 for a festival pass. And you can go to... Where can people go? Tickets2night.ca. Go to tickets2night.ca. <laughs> you can also go to herebemonstersfestival.wordpress.com. All right, I'm going to have some more brain. And mm-hmm. in the meantime, we will take a quick break because it will be quite messy um, because, of course, I have to find a living human. Because fresh brain is the best. Oh, yeah. So I'm just going to go and get some uh, a fresh human and uh, kill them and then feast on their delicious, gooey, brainy innards. But in the meantime, I'm going to take mm. a quick break. Mm. And when we come back, we will tell you about the house of very bad things. So stay with us. Wish Media Awareness a happy birthday. The 10th anniversary of Media Democracy Days Vancouver will run from November 11th to 13th. Media Democracy Days Vancouver will bring you free panel discussions, production workshops, and film screenings that will have you questioning the Canadian media landscape. 
All events are free to the public, but seating is limited and registration is encouraged. Complete programming details are available online at www.mediademocracydays.org. Tuesday, November 8th, Timber presents Holy Ghost at the Fortune Sound Club. This dance music duo from New York City are on tour to support their debut self-titled release, Holy Ghost. Tickets are available online at ticketweb.ca, as well as at Red Cat, Scratch, Beat Street, High Life, and Ditch Records. Don't miss Holy Ghost at the Fortune Sound Club, Tuesday, November 8th. Holy Ghost is brought to you by Timber and proudly sponsored by CITR. You have to ask yourself one question. Do I feel lucky? Well, do you, punk? Where else can you see Hollywood blockbusters, midnight cult classics, indie films, live music, burlesque, stand-up comedy, poetry slams, and live sporting events all at your local theater? The Rio Theater voted number one in East Vancouver, your neighborhood indie theater that promotes all things cool. On October 15th, come out to Chad Van Galen live in concert. The Rum Diary will run October 28th through the 31st. And don't forget about all the great Halloween-themed movies that run at midnight each Friday night. You are tearing me apart, Lisa! For more information, visit riotheater.ca. And we're back on the Arts Report here on CITR 101.9 FM and streaming online at citr.ca. And there's a few things that, uh, when we're not eating brains, we want to tell you about... I guess we want to... Well, anyway. Um, the first is that the applications for the Vancouver Fringe Festival are opening up on November 1st. So, on Tuesday. And until November 30th, you can apply to be a performer and artist at the 2012 Fringe Festival. So, to do that, you need to go to vancouverfringe.com and fill that out. The lottery, that's how it works, of course, with the Fringe. It's just a random draw. So that will take place in the first week of December, if I remember correctly. So you have the whole month of November to put your application together. And basically, you need to give them your name, your theater company name, which, of course, you can make up uh, the name of your show. And uh, really, that's it. It's not very demanding at this point in time. So you can do that. Um, yeah, so check that out. VancouverFringe.com. Uh, here's another thing to tell you about. It's uh, UBC Improv is back. They uh, are doing their first show of the season, which uh, is sort of a double bill. Not really a double bill, but they're, it's two. It's a two-night thing, and the first one was on October 25th, and then the next one is tomorrow, October the 27th, and it's going to be at the Scarf 100 room, let's call it, at the corner of University and Main Mall. And uh, here's a little description from Facebook. It says, we're here. That's right, UBC Improv is back from the dead, and we are primed and ready to gnaw on your funny bones. Come join us at Scarf 100 for our first show of the year. We have three ensembles that are guaranteed to make you laugh till you can't see straight. Free for members, and only three bucks for non-members. Three dollars. That's one person per ensemble. Amazing. That's me quoting UBC Improv. So doors are at uh, 6.45 p.m., and the show begins at 7 p.m. That's tomorrow, October the 27th, and that's UBC Improv. And they, I'm sure, will have some great Halloween-themed um, sketches. Is that what you call them? Sketches, um, bits. Anna, help me out here. Sketches. Sketches? Skits? Skits. 
Yeah. <laughs> okay. Uh, right. Oh, right. There's one more thing that I want to tell you about. Um, it's uh, an event called Judge D and the Haunted Garden. This Halloween, for the first time ever, they're transforming the Dr. Sanyat Sen Garden into a terrifying haunted house. Or, I guess, haunted garden. Featuring nearly 30 performers, the event is inspired by Robert Van Gulick's Judge D murder mystery series. It's not intended for young children. They will be frightened. Judge D, China's Sherlock Holmes, has recently become the subject of a major motion picture, Detective D and the Mystery of the Phantom Flame. So that will be taking place from October the 26th until Halloween the 31st. Entry every 10 minutes, and it begins at 7 p.m. and runs until 10 p.m. at the Dr. Sun Yat-sen Classical Chinese Garden. Tickets for that are $12 with a student rate of 10 bucks. So if you're a student, you can get in for 10 bucks to see Judge D and the Haunted Garden. All right. What happened to our music? Is it gone? Oh. How uh, sad. No. I, we, we were talking. Mm. You were being not a zombie. But oh, okay. Fair. All right. Uh, the folks, all right, now I'm, I'm going to be normal again. Oh, okay. Oh, oh. oh. oh Done. Uh, okay. The <laughs> folks at In the House Festival have, has given a fresh spin <laughs> to the typical Fright Night's Haunted House format, infusing fantasy mythology elements like fairies and gnomes. Fairies, for, you may not know this, Anna, but, um, these aren't just the Disney kind of happy fairies, but in, um, the fantasy mythology world, they, um are at best um, neutral. As in, there are good fairies and evil fairies as well. Evil as well. Not just Tinkerbell. Evil. Fairies. Exactly. So uh, this will feature 30 performers in 13 different fairy environments, and <laughs> they promise it will make your heart pound with fear, excitement, and wonder. Ooh. Miriam Steinberg, uh, the artistic director of In the House Festival, came into our studios to tell us about the house of very bad things, and here she is. Really, it came about because we want every year, this is our third year doing the Haunted House, and we want every year to be really different from the previous years. Mm -hmm. And I finished last year's to Helen back, and 24 hours later, I'm like, fairies, why don't we do something about evil fairies? You know, people have this image of the cute Tinkerbell fairy Mm -hmm. and little girls dressed in pink dresses and silvery wings and... And what would happen if we actually made it an evil fairy world? Mm-hmm. Um, and we kind of ran now, with is, that. Is that something that exists that you know of that exists in, in certain stories, or, or is that just, or was that your idea to, to you know take the the Disney happy version and, and turn it upside down? Um, well, talking to Chris Murdoch, who's my co-producer on it, he's really into the fairy world, mm-hmm. and there's very much this evil fairy side to things. So there's the good fairies and then there's the evil fairies. Okay. So we're going, we went back to traditional Celtic mythology mm. and to different mythologies that include fairy and how do we incorporate those evil fairies into something that's contemporary and um, interesting in, like just something really quirky, funny, scary, sad mm. and how do we also make it relevant maybe um, because a lot of fairy takes place in fairy world is natural world, right? Okay. So right, so you have to adapt it for a house, an urban environment. For an urban environment, and so we kind of made it so you know fairy world takes over the house, oh, okay. and fairies are angry at humans because humans are 
destroying the world. Okay. And destroying their habitat and destroying natural life. And so the fairies are getting back at us. Interesting. Mm-hmm. So if these fairies, they, if they didn't already have their own dark side, they uh, now they're pissed. Now they're pissed. <laughs> now they're real pissed. <laughs> and, and tell us, because um, I understand there are 13 environments yeah. and 30 different performers. So um, tell me how you go from, from the concept that you uh, came up with 20 minutes after the last <laughs> year's. Um, how does that turn into uh, logistically something with 13 environments and 30 performers? We kind of made a list of what kind of fairies we'd like to see. And... Mm how we would like to scare people and how how we could get our an adventure going right and there's tons of different characters for example there's the red cap which everybody knows as the big jolly or the little jolly gnome that you have on your garden in mm-hmm, your garden mm-hmm. um so you know how they have a red cap yeah traditionally the reason their cap is red is because they redye it with the blood of the humans they eat oh my Yes. So they're not so jolly and lovely as you might think. Uh-huh. Um, so we just kind of made a list like that, you know, like the Ice Queen and the Red Cap and the Unseelie Court, which is the evil court, uh, royal court, king and queen of fairies. Okay. And, and then we were like... There's a lot of fairy characters out there. There's a lot of fairy characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, I it's, didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, it's kind of interesting, and, and I'm really exploring and, mm. and finding out a bunch of stuff, and it's great having a co-producer who knows tons mm. about Fairyland. So. <laughs> that helps, yeah. Yeah, it's great. Okay. Yeah. And then, so you've got all these different kinds of characters. Yeah. Um, and then is each, you know, room of the house a different, um, you know, reflect a, a different sort of character in their environment, or...? Yeah, so there, we're lucky we have a space that has tons of different rooms in it. So each okay. one is, you know, we we revolve the story around that particular character. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have a host that takes you from room to room and kind of tells a story of fairy world and, and how fairies interact with each other and interact with humans. And so you'll get to meet Will-O-The-Wisps and Redcap and... Mm-hmm the Unseelie Court and the Ice Queen and you'll um, you'll be given some little gifts yeah it'll be really fun (laughs) (laughs) and in terms of uh, the approach um, in terms of how you scare people Mm -hmm. um, tell me a little bit about uh, the approach that you take and and what is what is the key to giving people um, a good sort of scintillating experience other than just uh, sneaking up on them and going boo you know what I imagine you don't rely on that kind of technique. <laughs> or maybe once or twice. We try really to stay away from the caricature, you know, the Dracula coming yeah. out of a coffin and spaghetti for brains kind of the haunted house. We're really stepping away from that. Yeah. Um, so it's really um, surprising people at... You know, they they think something is funny, but then it actually, if they listen really carefully, it's really not so funny, Mm. and then something happens. Or it's soundscapes, it's smells, it's the the whole sensory environment in which they are, we're completely transforming it, so it won't be recognizable as your everyday house. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, just keep your eyes out for what's in the walls, and keep your eyes out for where you're being led, and... And, you know, maybe there will be characters that will jump out at you and scare <laughs> the bejesus out of you. Uh-huh. But um, there's a lot of different ways of, of scaring people. And it's and I imagine it, it has more of an element of, like, a good campfire story, you know, where you really, 
you, you rely on on people's imaginations and and their ability to to sort of just see what you're talking about and you build a story and you you know and you you allow the scare to develop rather than just um you know a lot of smoke and and firecrackers and and spaghetti rains mm-hmm. right well i think when a person enters a typical haunted house they know they're going to be scared pretty much every three steps they go <laughs> right or um, as a friend of mine was saying, she's saying that she went to a haunted house and really, yeah, it scared you on one level, but on the other hand, it was just really loud noise <laughs> that was just like, ah! And so when you when you get scared at the most unexpected moments by something subtle or mm-hmm. by, by a movement that you thought you saw or by some giant ogre rushing at you because you did something, uh-huh. not just because you walked down a hallway, but because you actually did something. Right, you something said something you, wrong, right. or yeah, you offended them, or you did something you weren't. But supposed you don't to. know what you you don't know what you did, <laughs> and yeah. That's Miriam Steinberg from the In the House Festival telling us about the House of Fairy Bad Things. <laughs> which is on from October the 29th until the 31st. Tickets to that are $35, $30 for students and zombies. And the ticket includes admission to the after party on Halloween night. So Halloween night, there is a party not to be missed. And what else can I tell you? Tours begin, uh aha, this is critical. Tours begin at 6.15 p.m. and start every half hour. You are asked to arrive on time as tours leave as close to on time as possible and you don't want to be left behind. There are only eight tours per night, so make sure you book yourself and friends fast. And I would also add, so I'm just flipping through here, that... Uh, you can get tickets from our website. You can go to citr.ca right now, and you can uh, click on the link and get tickets immediately. Because the thing is, you need to get tickets before it is revealed where exactly you have to go. So this is a house uh, on the east side, or two houses on the east side, and um, it's semi-secret. So you need to uh, get on the website and um, and log on and get your tickets, and that's when you will find out where to go. Okay. And that's again from October 29th until the 31st. There's an after party on Halloween night and tickets are 35 for adults and 30 for students. All right. So we are going to take another short break. And when we return, we will tell you about the parade of lost souls. So stay with us. Brain. This just in, Tuesday nights at 11 o'clock, CITR 101.9 FM presents Radio. Join host Teddy Smooth as he explores the chimerical, the hysterical, the phantasmagorical world of burlesque and cabaret. Tuesday nights at 11 o'clock, CITR 101.9 FM brings you Radio. And we're back, and we're back on the... Put that brain down, Anna. We still have 15 minutes on this show. Ah! All right, you're listening to the Halloween zombie edition of The Arts Report here on CITR 101.9 FM and streaming online at citr.ca. Okay. 
Presented since 1995, the Parade of Lost Souls started as a small community gathering, and it soon grew into a massive celebration, attracting more than 60,000 and requiring parts of Commercial Drive to be shut down. In 2009, cuts to direct access funding saw the cancellation of our beloved event. Yet in 2010, the community rallied and the Parade of Lost Souls returned in a new revitalized form as a mysterious guided walk throughout decorated streets, alleyways, and open spaces of East Vancouver. So I spoke to Ari Laser, who is the artistic producer of Parades of the Parade of Lost Souls, and uh, here he is to tell us more. So Parade of Lost Souls is um, a long-standing tradition out here in East Vancouver in the Commercial Drive community. It's... Um, in years past, it's been a big street festival down Commercial Drive. And about two years ago, we shifted the focus back to um, the roots of the event. And so last year and this year, it's an event that goes through the back alleys of East Vancouver. It's a walk that will take participants literally on a journey back in time um, into the secret history of Vancouver's past, um, where they'll meet performers, artists, community members, all who are putting together uh, this journey with us. Hopefully we'll learn a little something and hopefully we'll have fun. Now, is that connected with Vancouver's birthday this year? Um, it is. I mean, there's, there's lots of in- interest this year from a bunch of different arts groups to sort of find some of the, um, the richer stories in our past, and Vancouver certainly has a diverse and uh, quite a fascinating one. Hmm. And, and we're, we're working with uh, some money from Heritage Canada this year to help us uh, dig a little deeper into those stories. Great. So take us into it a little bit. What will people um, see and hear when they come out? So when they get to our um, central park for the walk, um, they're going to be greeted with a stage with live music. They're going to be greeted with um, a couple of installations on site, including what's being called Drone Henge. Uh, it's one of my favorite installations. It's um, a set of repurposed organs, about six or eight of them, set in a circle, and all of them droning different chords. Oh. And uh, visitors will be invited to, to move amongst them, hear how the sound changes, and then, in fact, to play on them as well, as they feel called. Great, so it's interactive in that respect. Exactly. Okay, what else? And then our patrons will begin the walk, um, leaving from our secret location and into the back alleys. And the first alley that they'll encounter, which is being done up by Eat Art, uh, a group in town that does large kinetic structures. Um, They've got mechanical spiders. They've got large serpents. And they'll be um, introduced, they'll be leading us down our tunnel through time. Um, back into the realms of history. Um, we fly through that and we get spit out in the 1920s to 40s. Hmm. Um, the boom and the bust leads to the Great Depression, wartime, um, and a number of sort of older histories of Vancouver. We turn the corner and we wind up heading up uh, our third alley, which takes us back to Victorian Vancouver, um, so you can picture men in top hats, uh, ladies in petticoats and corsets. Um, this whole alley will be done up in 
crocheted pieces that become large webs and tunnels that people are led through. In fact, some of the set work will even weave into our performers' dresses, where you'll meet um, some of the ladies in white uh, haunting uh, spirit-like characters. Um, Traveling further back in time, we're going to encounter um, an installation by some contemporary First Nations artists um, that leads us back to um, a discussion of pre-contact um, of these lands in in their time before pre-contact, uh, pre-European contact. Um, but of course, it's it's done with um, a framing in contemporary context, and so they're working with um, the story of the sea otter who was here uh, in earlier times with images of medicine spirits, with uh, um, potentially transforming telephone poles into, te- into totem poles and <laughs> leading us back into uh, that realm. Sounds like quite a, be- quite a diverse mix of um, styles and, and, and themes. I just wonder, what, um, what is it that unites all of these things? You know, when you're, when you're in the planning stages and putting uh, together artists and, and ideas, um, what is it that uh, connects all of these things? Well, you know, what, what connects these things is the same thing that connects us here making art in, in East Van, and that's the community. Hmm. That's the passion of these people to work with a very unique um, mode. You know, to put this route together, we're working with 45 houses along the route, and artists are interacting directly with those houses, asking them how they want to be a part. Do they want to put up their own decor? Do they want to play their own music? Do they want to uh, simply offer up spaces, garages, or uh, other places for our performers to play? And then they begin to work with that canvas um, and try to figure out what their artistic elements, what art elements they're interested in bringing, fit into that space. Hmm. And what about uh, this idea of what's the skeleton in your closet? How does that fit in? So, you know, the, the invitation there is not only to the artist to try and find what are some of the secrets in um, your own personal history that you want to draw on to create this work, but it's also there for our participants. And, you know, with this event being on Halloween and with this community being so engaged, most of our participants who show up are already in costume, already in character themselves. So it's an invitation to bring out maybe that uh, secret history from your own family, um, that uh, myth from the old uncle that everyone's been talking about. Maybe that becomes your character. Or maybe you want to draw another piece out of um, our shared history. Um, a secret element, uh, a more mysterious element to become your character. Hmm. And of course, people have been getting the opportunity to dive into some of these things in our workshops as the uh, um, festival has gone on, uh, both creating uh, masks and pieces for the community shrine, as well as creating um, some dance numbers with Kat Singledane, who's a fantastic choreographer and also our performance. Hmm. curator and director. And that's Ari Laser telling us about the Parade of Lost Souls, which is going on right now in, in a variety of locations at, on in, the, in the Commercial Drive 
area, and there, there, there's really so much going on that the best thing to do is just go to publicdreams.org and get the scoop on the individual events. For example, one is the dance party, a Parade of Lost Souls fundraiser, and that's happening on Saturday, October 29th, from 9 p.m. until late in the night, and that's happening at the Maritime Labor Center, which is 1880 Triumph Street. And tickets to that are $20 in advance at publicdreams.org or $25 at the door, and it's fully licensed, and you should come in costume, and all that good stuff. What else is there to see? I'm just scrolling through... Um, the workshops, I believe, are mostly finished, but the Secret Souls Walk takes place October 29th, starting at 5 p.m. Starting location will be released on the day of the event at publicdreams.org. Right, so the theme you're hearing there is to go to publicdreams.org and find out on all of the special events happening for the Parade of Lost Souls as it returns to East Vancouver triumphantly this year. All right, so that's just about rounds up our show for this week. I do want to remind you once again about the UBC Improv show. You can look them up on Facebook and just type in UBC Improv and you can find out about their event that's happening in Scarf 100 here on the UBC campus tomorrow. That's uh, Thursday, October the 27th, so check them out. And also about Judge D and the Haunted Garden happening at the Dr. Sun Yat-sen Classical Chinese Garden. They turned it into a haunted garden for uh, October 20, from today until Halloween night on Monday. And it's, um, it's every 10 minutes, and for a special student rate of $10, you can wander through uh, the gardens and get spooked. So lots of good stuff to see. And if you've missed any of our show and want to get the scoop on things like the Here Be Monsters Festival. Oh, we had a caller earlier asking when the band ESL was playing. And that's going to be on uh, Thursday, tomorrow. Um, That's the opening of the Here Be Monsters Festival. And it includes an art reception and a smorgasbord cabaret. So check that out. It's at Performance Works. Performance Works on Granville Island, and the art reception is at 7, the cabaret at 8, and the band ESL starts at 9 p.m. All right, and that's all that I have to tell you. (laughs) What are you snickering about? You're funny. Okay. So you have a show after this show. Yeah. It's called Discorder Radio. Yeah, stay tuned for the Discorder Radio show. Is it a scary Halloween show? No, it's not. Uh, But I have some previews of what's coming on the new issue of Discorder Magazine, which will be out in the stands next week. Right, on Tuesdays, the 1st of November. So you're going to get the scoop on that. And also, uh, you're featuring a story about a singer who doesn't want to ooh too much in her songs. That's right. Stay tuned to find out who I'm talking about. (laughs) Ooh. 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 Who is the ooh? Who is the ooh? Stay tuned. Uh, Oh, boy. Bad puns. That means it's time to sign (laughs) off. So I want to thank Anna for being in the studio here and managing the controls, as well, Jasmine, for helping to write this program that you heard today. And uh, subscribe to our podcast. Follow us on Twitter. Go to our YouTube page and everything else social media related by going to CITR.ca right now. Oh, creepy music was provided by Timber Timber. Oh, yeah. What was the name of that song? Um, 
Obelisk. Obelisk from, from their, his new album, Creep On, Creeping On. Creep On, Creeping On. Very, That's very right. Halloween themed, although that came out uh, in May or something like that, right? Yeah. All right. So we're just going to feast on some brains, and uh, we'll see you uh, next week here on the Art Support. I'm Adam Yanish, signing off. Bye bye. <laughs> Mmm, <laughs> 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 <laughs>